0: And welcome to the seventh episode of the Danky Dank Bungalow Podcast, where three friends can kick back, relax, and dream, and talk about our favorite band, Twiddle. My name is Alex, and I am here with my two amazing co-hosts. Hey, I'm Lauren.
1: Hi, I'm Jeremy.
0: In today's episode, we are going to dive into Twiddle's new album, Every Last Leave. This is a long-awaited release from the band, and we're so excited to dive in. So twist one up and blaze it down as we venture to a lovely patch of grass in a land far away and talk all things Twiddle. All things Twiddle.
1: So in Twill News this week, we've actually got quite a few exciting announcements. Uh, first of all, the band has announced Fall Tour coming up. That's always an exciting one to hear. Uh, this tour is actually mainly hitting venues in areas that they were supposed to hit last Fall Tour and unfortunately got canceled. But yeah, now we're they're back out there. We're at Fall Tour. It's going to be a good time. We're stopping, starting in Virginia, North Carolina, basically hitting all the South, Florida, Louisiana, Alabama, et cetera um several nights down in texas for anyone down there who needs to see the band right now definitely a good time and then they're rounding their way back to the midwest and coming back east as they looked ahead to friendsgiving uh friendsgiving this year always at the capitol theater And this year we have Dogs in a Pile and Neighbor going to be with us. Neighbor and Dogs in a Pile are actually also doing the openers throughout this whole tour. Dogs in a Pile seems to be taking the first half of the tour while Neighbor's kind of coming in after the Capitol Theater and doing a few of the nights on that end. And then we also have a big stop over at Higher Ground in Burlington for two nights to cap off the end of the tour. Anyone who's ever seen Twiddle up Higher Ground knows it's kind of a home venue for them, so definitely don't miss those, and there are no openers those nights. And lastly, Twiddle New Year's is going to be bringing them up to portland maine which is going to be a really fun looks like only like one night as of right now dogs in a pile are going to be opening and we have a theme this year like our neon theme last year but this year it is going to be the 90s so maybe keep a few of those neon colors maybe a few more flannels and baggy jeans but it's going to be a really really fun night and anyone who's seen twiddle a few times knows they love their 90s covers so i'm sure we're gonna be in for quite a few
2: i'm so excited to talk about this album i've been listening to it so much A lot of the album, from what we've gathered, was recorded in Vermont at the Sugarworks Sound House in Waitsfield, Vermont. Maybe some of it was done at Mahali's home studio, and most of it, all of it, was recorded during COVID. And you can definitely hear that influence throughout the album. So where were you guys? When you listen to the album for the first time, because we were all talking to each other in our own little chat, but we were all in different places.
1: So I just ran down to my living room and just threw it on my computer because everyone else in my house was getting ready for bed, but I couldn't sleep for at least an hour. So ran downstairs the minute it dropped, 12.01, pressed play and started listening away.
2: I was um, driving home from seeing Mahali at Hampton Beach, Bernie's Beach Bar. He actually gave a little shout out about the album. He was like, our, our album comes out at midnight. We we worked really hard on it. I'm really excited for you to all hear it. It was nice that he gave like a little shout out. I hoped he would. <laughs> it felt weird being at a Mahali show anticipating a total album. I was um, asleep
0: until 11.55 and I woke up and I was like, oh my God total five minutes and uh yeah came out of a coma and <laughs> <laughs> into the first song which um was the perfect way to get me out of said coma
2: yeah I agree Alex putting on that first song it was just like taken to a new world almost yeah
0: I felt my nervous system immediately start to relax like it was crazy I felt like it tapped into like a part of my soul And I could tell that it was about to be a very special hour of listening to this.
1: Yeah, I have to agree. I really enjoy the way they set the vibe for the album right off the bat. Like, I think they had a lot of the themes that you kind of get woven in throughout the album, just kind of represented sonically in the beginning, the nature vibes and a little more of the serenity side of Twiddle. They definitely had some of the hard rocking in here, but I think they were leaning a little more into the serene than they have in a lot of previous albums.
2: I honestly, I couldn't have, like, imagined a more perfect opening personally, and I think I'm just thinking about this now, but it's just so funny how Norb can, like, tap into such a beautiful, delicate space when he's just such a, like, crazy human.
1: (laughs) Yeah, as as we'll discuss later in the album, there's definitely some crazy Norb shenanigans on this. Sure, Definitely interwoven with some of the more tender side of him, as we're seeing in the beginning, but I think all, all aspects of Norb are represented properly here.
0: I really love the, like banging of that drum that's happening in there like i really felt both with the first and last song like i was opening like a storybook that was like a, a disney fairy tale specifically lion king for some reason is what came to mind but it definitely feels like you're stepping into this like storybook world along with like the the birds and the nature sounds
1: it's very thematic or orchestral almost feels like theatrical like it it, it definitely feels like i'm being as you're saying brought into somewhere new like it definitely is more of, like, an overarching vibe setter than it is, like, necessarily a piece of music.
2: And just the building, like, the way it builds throughout the whole song is really, um, like, well laid out. I feel like, like, Norb is kind of on his own and, like, Mahali's guitar joins in and then the bass and the drums and it feels like there's other instruments too. And, yeah, it just builds and jumps right into beautiful
0: having the first song lead into beautiful i was like this brings a lot more context to this song honestly like i do like beautiful has grown on me a lot but it's always felt so like almost out of place in twiddle's catalog for me a little bit and i really felt like this first song brought it around to like what they intended for us to feel about it
1: yeah i agree it definitely flows in really nicely from the first out the first song on the album and you know kind of has a nice ending to it too and going into the next songs i i have to say right off the bat before we dive into too much the album i've really appreciated just the album overarching how it all flows together and it definitely feels like the most complete album that twirls ever put out in the strictly studio level album sense of a full story being told between two like between an lp And I think I really, really enjoy that aspect and kind of how every side of what would be a traditional album, you know, flipping the record on your turntable, every side of that album kind of has its own flavor and we're getting this more, you know, tender, look at the universe, smile as you walk by kind of thing right off the front. And then it kind of, you know, dwells through different emotions and different aspects of life as the album progresses. But it definitely sets you off on this nice old journey right off the bat.
0: I was thinking about Total's first album, The Natural Evolution of Consciousness. Maybe these albums sort of are their own natural evolution. Like if you listen back to their first album, it's so raw, like it doesn't sound honestly that great from like a studio perspective. And then eventually you evolve towards Plump and that's a little bit more on par with like the studio recording sound that this album brings. And then you get here and it's like these perfectly polished finished songs start to finish that all hold like these beautiful lyrics and all of these things. And maybe that's Twiddle's evolution in a way, you know?
2: Well, and something I appreciated about pretty much all of these songs is that there's editing and you can hear the editing, but at least I like most of it.
1: Yeah, that's something I've noticed as well, is that it all feels polished, but it doesn't feel overly produced. In the sense that, yeah, right, like I can tell there's some editing going on. There's some things going on to Mahali's voice, for example. But it still sounds raw at the same time. It doesn't sound processed. It just sounds like, you know, there's definitely been some tweaks to kind of enhance it on a radio style hit. That being said, he definitely still holds the same, you know, emotional weight as he does hearing him live.
0: I think it's funny because Beautiful, it's it's just like, what what is Mahali talking about? Like, is he talking about, like, nature? He's talking about, like, a person? Like, I just don't know. And then I think like this whole album kind of encompasses that same idea of everything around us is beautiful. And it's it's supposed to represent this like cyclical nature of life. And I think that opening this album with Beautiful is indicative of the album as a whole. Well,
2: and I'm thinking about what you said, Alex, like you picture the Lion King. I was kind of picturing myself during Every Last Leaf, like walking through a forest, like watching all the leaves fall. When you think of that scene, if you're in that space, wherever you are, if you're like in the middle of the jungle, if you're in the forest, if you're in a field, even if it might... At least when it first came out, I felt like it was a little bit cheesy. And then if you actually like picture yourself in a space with all these things he's talking about, it kind of brings it to that next level.
1: Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed Beautiful the more I listened to it. As you've mentioned, there's a lot of homages to nature, naturally derived beauty. And in the very end, the last line of it, he says, all the sunsets in a lifetime cannot compare to you. So I really think this is a almost not quite hidden, but it's a lot more of a subtle love song than maybe like, you know, some of his previous ones, like Five, which are very much on the nose. You clearly tell he's talking about someone in particular who he has a lot of, you know deep feelings for and this one it feels more overarching and you know people who necessarily might not be in a relationship or have a significant other of that sense can also still relate to it very strongly in the sense of just feeling the you know the love and beauty of nature around them and then kind of that last line in the end really throws that more personal relationship hook on it so i like that i think it was nice
2: distance makes the heart i remember hearing it for the first time i don't remember where i was oh Oh, did he and he put it out on facebook in a black and white video So, okay,
0: the first time they played it was at, I'm pretty sure it was at um, the Connecticut show, like, one of those, like, socially distant shows at this farm, and I went the second night, and they played it the first night, and I remember being really upset because I was like, dang, they just played a new song, and it's the perfect COVID song, so perfect for a socially distant show, and then it was pretty heavy in the rotation for the rest of the year, I remember.
2: I love this song. I like to sing it in the car really loud. (laughs) Yeah, it's such a reminder that this is recorded during COVID. Like, it's
0: just like, I listen to it now and I'm like, I feel so bad for the girl who had to hear this song for the first time.
1: Yeah, I'm actually really curious about this one and when it was written. Because it, from my perspective, it definitely has a COVID sense of distance makes the heart in the sense of, you know, not being able to be as much around the things that you love and want to be around. But also there's a part of that to me that really sounds, reminds me very much of the lyrics to Overland and Sea from Mahalia, where it sounds almost more like a personal tour story of him more reflecting on the distance between him and his, you know, home kid's wife back in Vermont and where he is on the road, maybe 2,000, 3,000 miles away on the other side of the country. And, you know, he's remembering all these like specific parts of his house. There's a hole in the old screen door, a crack I've never seen before. He's coming back into his house for the first time of being away for maybe months
0: interesting I think the reason why I always associated it with COVID was because like So let us sing all the song, so let us sing all the songs that we know and share the
2: melodies that bring us all home it was always like I want
0: to be at a toilet. Now.
2: Jeremy I was thinking he found that crack on the floor because he's not leaving his house and he's noticing all these things because he's stuck in his house
1: yeah I love that perspective as well I actually really really like that perspective that definitely happened to me being locked inside and staring at the same wall for a few months. <laughs> and I got to also say on Distance Makes the Heart, I, I really love the addition um, of the Dobro here from Andrews Beck of Green Sky. It's our first one of uh, two sit-ins on this album. I think it's a pretty subtle sit-in. I don't think it's really that noticeable unless you're really looking out for it. You can kind of hear the more slidey, twangy side of the spectrum when they're playing here. But I don't know. I think I think it really fits the kind of down, down-home down sitting by a campfire, coming back to your own backyard vibe. At least I picture in my head hearing this song. So I like it a lot. It almost makes it like a folky song, which I appreciated. Yeah. It's very natural. I think it fits in really well with the first half of the album kind of being more of the lighter, feel good campfire vibes. So
2: And then we jump into River Drift.
1: Yeah, and River Drift I really enjoyed, but I also don't think it has the same punch for me personally as I enjoy out of the song live. The sounds they were using in it, I think, were pretty interesting, especially the use of what at least sounds to me like a glockenspiel in the beginning. <laughs> Maybe not my favorite. I mean, what? You might not know the name, but you've used a glockenspiel. A lot. <laughs> if you've been to preschool in this country, you've used a glockenspiel. What is a glockenspiel? So, I mean, in in preschool, you might have just called them xylophones, but they aren't technically a xylophone. They aren't technically a marimba. They're the kind of small metal xylophone looking things you hit with mallets and they make very plinky bling 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 sounds but yeah you can clearly hear in the beginning here where it sounds like it's it's along with norb's keyboard and the guitar kind of in the very beginning but it's very very plinky
0: they this song used to be different like the arrangement of it was different like there wasn't really that like low for the chorus i think and they changed it and i remember hearing the new arrangement for the first time like i don't know was it the cap i can't remember now but it was different before
1: yeah, they definitely rearranged it. And I think I, I like it better now as well. I think they've done a pretty good job of kind of picking up the pace on a little bit. If you listen to 2018 versions, I think that one, for example, it's out on Spotify and the New Year's Eve show they've released. Right off the bat, everyone's coming in at the same time. The song just starts. And like yeah. you mentioned, now they kind of delay it and it starts off with the first verse. And then when they come in with the first chorus is when the whole band comes in strong. I really like they have changed it up. And also they have like the, the hits that go on on the second half of the song. I think that was also something they added in when they reworked it.
0: Well, I feel like they kind of had to rearrange it a little bit because I actually remember originally hearing this song at a Mahali solo show, and it was a Mahali song. And quite frankly, when they made it a Twiddle song, I was not pleased. I really thought that it suited Mahali better, but now, years later, I can confidently say, I'm glad it's a Twiddle song,
2: and I think it the whole band does it justice. I love the lyrics of this song. This song like, inspires me to do what feels right for me and follow in my own path. I love the ode to like people that have passed away. A huge reason why I love Twiddle, said it a hundred times, I'll say it a hundred more, is like, Twiddle gives me a safe space to feel everything that I feel. To give me a space to feel sad or to remember people that have been lost in a healthy way that also is coupled by this beautiful independence and individuality is what stands out to me about twiddle compared to any other band i've really listened to
1: yeah i definitely think this song is them being able to touch in the grief more than they really ever have in any of their songs Definitely not a side of the emotion spectrum that they lean into too heavily in a lot of their music. You know, there's, of course, Hattie's Jam and some of references to some family and friends of theirs. But it's just not someone they really talk about in a very open sense in their music. So I think it's kind of nice to have this side of it where they're able to bring out that emotion a little more. And maybe some people who can really relate to that and really need to have that musical output. People, you know, maybe handle some of that grief and process some of the things they've experienced. They really provide safe space for that. So. Just kind of the imagery also of River Drift, where it's kind of this idea of always moving forwards, even though you might move apart. You know whether that means like a loved one in your life that isn't in your life anymore physically, or someone that maybe a friend you've lost touch with over the years, just kind of the idea of not dwelling on it and not letting it overtake your life so much as embracing what it did mean to you and what they provided and the good times that were had rather than dwelling on what you're missing. And I think it's just a really, you know, it's a very beautiful thought and it's a nice way to handle some of the more intense emotions that come out of life
0: well when the buddha found enlightenment he was sitting next to a river and he was looking at it and just thinking about how life is a river it just continues to move forward and i think like to me this song feels like less so than when it rains it pours but it kind of feels like an anthem for the community in a way because let us not forget this band has been together for so long and like a lot so many people have come and gone and since this community has always been so tight knit like the whole community feels the reverberations of people who pass away it's it's held with a lot of people because a lot of us have lost people in this community that are important to us and it's just a reminder that like yeah the meaning of life is to just keep moving forward in a big sense
2: that is our mission to move forward
1: I'm going to come right out and say it. It might be the bassist in me, but The Mission is by far my favorite song on this album. The minute I heard the beginning of it, I knew I was going to like it. And the more the song progressed, the more I liked it. And in the minute Gubb's vocals started, I mean, when have we heard Gub sing on an album? I've heard maybe some really minor harmonies, but taking lead singing on an album, thats it's amazing. And it sounds good. He sounds great. He sounds so good. And I'm really excited. I really want to hear this one laugh.
0: He does sound good. I definitely did not know who it was for the first like 10 seconds. I know. I was so I was confused.
1: <laughs> yeah. I had seen posts from Grubby and a few other people mentioning that the mission was a gub song. So the minute I heard vocals come in, I knew it was him, but like, I couldn't imagine him singing it in my head. And for the first few listens, just, you know, it's not really the side of his singing style. you really hear that often bassists in general kind of struggled to sing along with them they're playing because you know it's supposed to play more rhythmically a lot of times as opposed to melodically so it's kind of hard to keep vocal melodies in sync with what your hands want to do. So hearing him kind of nail it on this in the studio, I'm sure it's a little different when you can kind of piece together things, and not necessarily have to play at the same time. But he's also clearly been working on that recently and singing more during shows. So I'm really hoping to hear this one live at some point in the future.
2: I want to hear it live too, Jeremy. I wanna know where they're gonna take it.
1: There's there's several launch points in it and um yeah. It makes me excited.
0: Well, I think when they play it live, it will become clear what exactly the mission is. Unless you guys know, because I, I don't know. And I think we will find out when they play it live.
1: I think this song is kind of setting us up for the second half of the album. I really think of when he's talking about the mission Again, these are all my subjective takes, but from what it sounds to me is like the mission is kind of your own personal decided mission in life and just kind of the idea of taking action in your life. He's mentioning these like really offhanded things like growing out your hair, for example, but it's kind of the idea of like, if that's what you want to do, do it and commit to it and live out that mission that you set in your head. You know, it's, it's time to complete the mission. It's not time to think about it anymore. You got to do it. It sounds it sounds like a call to action to me. What that action is, I sounds to me like it's at least up to my interpretation. So I'm going to interpret it that way.
2: In this song and the whole album, but specifically this song, like the nuances that Norb brings to the background is just so fun. And he just adds such little character into each song. And I've been, I was really appreciating it.
1: Norb in particular on this album, I think brings in a lot of different things that he hasn't on studio work before that I associate with his live sound. Maybe some more of the synthesizer work or quantize arpeggiating sounds. just things that I'm really not used to hearing on the usually what's the more traditional piano style keyboard sounds of the album. So the fun the fun that Nord brings is definitely there. And I think it's really cool that he's leaning into some sounds we're not used to hearing on the studio work.
2: I don't think I'm ready to pick a specific favorite song, but Meant to Be is definitely one of them my favorites on the album.
1: Meant to be is the biggest grower for me on the album. I think it was the one that I started off with having the lowest down on my list, but now I thoroughly enjoy. And it it went from being one that I felt like I was going to skip over on re-listen to immediately being like, damn, this one's actually really good.
0: Just makes me feel good. It's my favorite of all of like the new Mahali songs. If you want to classify this in the next two songs, as like the new Mahali songs. It kind of reminds me, honestly, and this is not a dig, of like... A lot of the boy bands I would listen to in junior high. Like, I don't know if you guys knew the band Parachute, but I don't know. It just kind of gives me that vibe a little bit. Jeremy shook his head. (laughs) But I got to say, like, I still bring those bands. So, like, for me, I liked it. But
2: (laughs) This is one of the songs that I feel like there's, like, this super spacey edit in the middle of it. I think it's tastefully done. Like, I think it adds to the song. I really like it. It doesn't turn me off from the song.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good enough length of the spaciness that it alludes to some what could be really cool jumping off points in their live sound, but also keeps it at a subdued enough level that you can kind of put it on the maybe more public setting in some senses and not have people be like, what the hell am I listening to right now? So I like that a lot too. I think it... It's leaning into sounds that we want to hear and I expect to hear live while also not overplaying it and making it so it's just like a live sounding album that's coming out on the studio.
0: I really love the, like the main guitar riff in it.
2: Every time I listen to it and tell me, I think it's the bridge. Is it the bridge? When he sings, we are miracles in action built to handle all the weight just hits me every time like you can do it no matter how hard it gets like you're here and you can handle it and you're gonna get through it and it's just um comforting to hear that
1: yeah I gotta say meant to be gives me every soul vibes lyrically and I really want to hear those two songs paired together because I actually think it could work really well
2: all right let's manifest well, it
1: wink, wink, nudge, nudge here.
2: <laughs> okay and then I think I love meant to be but do it now it gets me ready to groove
1: do it now is a fighting song not that fighting four isn't also a fighting song but do it now just makes me want to get up and start like lifting or something
2: yeah it's like dark it's a dark song
1: it's it's dark without being like evil dark it just kind of has that like I don't know.
2: Adrenaline? A little bit of adrenaline? Definitely an
1: adrenaline rush. It gives me the vibe of like maybe like marching with the armies of Gondor into Mordor kind of thing. You know like going on to take on the big bad evil. You just need to conjure up a little bit of extra energy and pep in your step and you throw on do it now.
0: I honestly feel like it could come out of like a devil jam. Like if they were to jam the devil they could go into this and it would be really fucking cool.
1: I was thinking
2: Stroganoff but I hear devil too.
0: All of it. Let's do a big do-it-now sandwich.
2: Yeah, do-it-now stroganoff double, triple sandwich.
0: I, I honestly, I think I have to say that this is my currently least favorite song on the album, but I also know that that's going to change when I hear it live, so I am very much looking forward to it.
2: I agree with Jeremy, like, I'm ready to get in the boxing ring and, like, punch someone in the face, honestly. <laughs>
1: And I got to say, I really, like, I really like the end of Do It Now instrumentally. I think that little peak at the end with Mahali leaning on that pitch shift pedal that we've talked about in previous, actually our last episode, discussing that indigo trigger. So this is a pedal he definitely uses in his live sound quite a bit. Nothing I'd ever imagined to hear from a studio recording though. So him bringing this out is definitely really, really cool to me. We into a thing that I'm not used to hearing in the studio in a very, you know, shreddy, heavier way. So really cool. And also, this is the last song off the second side of the first LP. And like I mentioned earlier, I don't know if it's intentional or just kind of the way the album flows, but side A of the first LP has a very tender, loving look at your life and smile for what you have. You know, beautiful distance makes the heart river drift. And of course, starting off with Every Last Leaf Part 1. And then side two is kind of the more take action in your life. Don't be afraid to back down from the challenges that are being presented. And that's, you know, the mission meant to be and do it now. And then our next song, we're jumping right into side C, which kind of has a little more of the, you know, maybe put your head down and charge forwards side of things. And that definitely goes from taking action to being willing to, you know, conquer the obstacles that are standing in your way. So we get that started right off the bat with fighting for, with a very apropos name for that emotion they're trying to evoke.
0: The intro to this really reminds me of how to save a life by the fray. Like every time I hear it, I can't get it out of my head, <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know why. I I've compared the two; they're not the same. Like I don't know. That's just what I hear.
1: There's, there's, yes. I mean, I'm gonna disagree with you on that. I that wasn't the one that came to my head, but a thousand other songs of the same ilk came to my head. So, I, I don't think you're crazy at all for for thinking that comparison, even if they don't sound necessarily alike. There is some vibe they're giving off here. Like, yeah. I saw someone reference Evanescence. And like immediately I heard that, I was like, oh, I even, I don't even know the song, but I know the song, you know what I mean? Like I could just, I could hear that as well. So some of the more nineties balladies radio songs that, which, you know, we know Twiddle loves those songs. It's no surprise. So kind of having that, I don't know, that influence is just interesting. It's not something I expected and it's nice. Like it's very palatable. It's really enjoyable to listen to.
2: I love it so much. I feel like Mahali's solo in the second half of it is really um, well thought out, well done. He didn't take it too far, like for for a solo recording. I liked what he did with
1: it. Yeah, and I think the lyrics on this song too are just very—I don't know—I think it, it gives off a lot of the same thoughts I think of when I think of Honeyburst. Like it sounds very protest songy to me. I want to like quote these lyrics on a sign and go like march down Wall Street. Like has that kind of. You
0: took the notes right off my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it feels like Honeyburst meets like a sweeter twiddle song almost mm-hmm. but the name like yeah, the message feels similar i feel like some people might find it preachy but i don't necessarily agree i feel like it's like classic twiddle trying to remind us about the bigger picture of everything and i feel like this is a song that could definitely be shown to like a much wider audience than the jam scene and people would resonate with it which i appreciate
2: we were talking earlier about like the progression of the album. And if you just like think about meant to be and to do it now into fighting for, it's pretty powerful. And then into the devil, which I just love. Like devil is such a different song than fighting for and brings you into such a different energy. And I like that they did that.
1: Yeah. And the Devil's another one we've gotten the chance to see a decent amount live. And I've heard it was the first single released, you know, off of this album released all the way back in February now so we've been listening to this for six months half a year I actually really like it I thoroughly enjoy where they've been taking it live and kind of end of show rocker kind of sound and I think it's kind of a cool placement for it I would love to see them stretch it out a little more and I gotta stay on the studio um, it gives off very strong Blues Travelers vibes so having John Popper on it just sounds perfect and his classic John Popper harmonica shred which is not something you used to you know, combination of words you're used to hearing but if you've heard John Popper, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So that kind of end of the, you know, end of the song climax shred definitely works well with Mahali's guitar style as well. And it makes kind of rounds off this the song with a nice bluesy chasing running kind of vibe. So I like it.
2: I
0: thought it was like a funny dichotomy, like the pairing of the devil and fighting for, because fighting for is like society's the issue. And the devil is kind of like, I'm the issue, personally. So it's, but they both have positive intentions behind it. It's just like it's just classic twiddle pointing out that like nothing's perfect yet we all have the like capacity to be better like on a society level societal level and a personal level
1: yeah I would argue that fighting for while discussing society is very much a personal addressing song yeah where it's more kind of bringing up these you know intense intense problems aspects issues that are currently going on in you know our society around us but it's kind of more presenting you with like the, you need to take action, like we need to do this kind of thing. And then kind of the pairing that, in my opinion, with the devil, I think is really cool because it's kind of something saying, here's what you need to do, here's what you need to take action about. And then the next pairing being like, you're going to be standing in your own way and you're going to have to get out of that way as well. So, like, don't, you can't let your evils catch up with you. You're going to have to kind of, you know, plow forward and do what you need to do what needs to be done to make the world a better place.
2: You can't just place all the blame on everyone else. You got to take it upon yourself to make yourself better. Yeah, it acknowledges like the problems in society,
0: but also,
2: yeah,
1: total of course,
0: is going to tell you that, yeah, you're an individual and you got this.
1: Yeah, and I got to say, in terms of pairings, I actually enjoyed more than the fighting for in the devil pairing. I liked the... Uh, the pairing of the devil and life back now. Cause I think that is cool of kind of this idea of, you know, having a devil on your back, monkey on your shoulder, whatever you want to call it, of kind of a little deeper, maybe more cynical, not necessarily healthiest voice in the back of your head, kind of pulling you maybe towards some darker thought patterns. And then having this song right after that kind of saying, Hey, fight off that devil. And don't remember like on the other side of this, you're going to be okay. And things are going to feel better and you're going to feel like a complete new person. I really, I like it. I really like what they did with Life Back uh, on the album. Not what I expected. Again, it kind of also still has a very, retains the same sound as I hear from it live. And I really, really like what Norb is doing on this and in this. So
2: Agreed. They played, they used to play Life Back Now a lot and then they just stopped. And I wonder if it's because they were putting it on the album and they wanted us to get a little break from it. But I agree, Jeremy. I think the double into Life Back Now is fun.
1: Yeah, that's one we haven't seen for a while live, has it? I don't know if they played it at all during Spring Tour. I know it's not on Nugs, but I haven't I haven't checked some of the shows they haven't released. I know the last time that we have seen it um, from release was all the way back in November. Not really in regular rotation these days, but we we'll would be surprised if we start seeing it pop up again. And I hope we do.
0: Yeah, the album version gave me a deeper appreciation for it as a song. Because I remember when they first played the song, it was at that the Capitol Theater show, where they dropped all those new songs at the end of every set. And there were so many bangers that weekend. Like, it was like, you know, slipping in the Kitchen was played for the first time, Just Gravy, like, and then it was like, life Back Now just didn't grab me in the same way. And ever since then, I've maybe haven't been the most positive about that song. But I appreciate it so much on the album, like, where it's placed and also, like, as a piece of music. And, yeah, I am excited to give it another shot live. So hopefully that's very
2: soon. Into Jeremy's favorite song. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I gotta say, Collective Pulse is not one I expected to be hearing back on the album. Kind of like Life Back Now, which is, you know, when they started playing and then maybe kind of faded out a little bit. Collective Pulse, you know, they they brought it out for maybe like eight shows, I want to say, in 2016. And then it disappeared for about six years. And then all of a sudden it's back.
2: I feel like for a while it was like the most talked about song. Like, why aren't they playing it? Why aren't they playing it? Now it's on the album.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy that it, it flipped around and got there. Like, I'll be quite honest, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of this song. It doesn't just doesn't really do it for me that much. But I will say since they brought it back and kind of changed it into more of a, I don't know, white light style jam vehicle, I've been thoroughly enjoying the jams that come out of it and kind of the more lighthearted and fluttery bliss jams and kind of the small funk things that have come out of it over the last two years. But as a maybe like three to five minute song, not my particular favorite, but I do think they did a pretty good job that here on the album made it a little more you know palatable, at least for me.
0: Well, if, I, if we're still looking at all these songs as sort of like a story, once you have your life back, now you're able to have, like, you have good times headed your way. And I feel like they pair well together. And then they, it, pay, it pairs well with the next song inside because it's just like, okay, you have your life back now. Okay, now we're going to party with the next two songs. I think that, like, it's the perfect, like, evolution of what a lot of people go through. Like, once you feel good on a personal level, now you're able to enjoy the things that you're able to enjoy again. Seeing Twiddle, you know. <laughs>
2: and collective pulse always stands out to me every single time is all alone is not a reason anymore I can't even count how many total shows I've gone to by myself knowing I don't even know who's going to be there but I know when I get there I'm going to have friends and family there so I don't really have that in any other music scene where I just know like I'm going to have a group of people that like have my back no matter what and that's just such an important thing like yes the music is so great and speaks so much to my soul but the community that's come out of that music for me is priceless and that's what this song represents to me is the people that make up the scene
0: definitely all about like it really yeah it it describes my happy place so well I love the line right after that kind-minded people aren't closing any doors because that's been my experience in this community. It's been so easy to like meet amazing people and just feel a part of something bigger than yourself.
1: Yeah, and I kind of do like as you're saying, Lauren, kind of the overarching narrative thread between all these songs where it's telling you kind of to work on yourself, you know, get yourself to the best place you can be, get your head straight, give yourself some goals to work towards. Then it kind of gives you this, you know, once you fight off maybe some of those more inner demons, like there's going to be a community there for you and there's going to be people who are there looking out for you it's kind of nice to juxtapose kind of the more individual side of the songs this very community oriented song in general so
0: and then we go into my favorite song on the album that i literally listen to the song 20 times every morning i honestly need to stop like it's an addiction um, I, knew it. I knew it as soon as the first five seconds of the song played that this was about to be my favorite song on the album. And not only is it my favorite song on the album, it is like one of my favorite total songs, which is surprising for me because honestly, none of the Brooke songs have vibed with me super hard besides Dusk Till Dawn. I was not anticipating this. I feel like Brooke's voice sounds so good. I want to hear it. Just like the salsa beachy vibe is incredible. Like, I cannot be sad while listening to this
1: song. Some of these Brooke songs, this one now added in there as well. Second Wind's another one. But they all give me a sound of uh, playing a beach level on a Mario Kart game. <laughs> it's all I can think of when I listen to them is I just feel like I'm playing Mario Kart. It's fun, you know? They have a very like pep in your step, light, kind of a little bit of that challenge aspect sounds like you're kind of on a race against the clock. But at the same time, it's a super light hearted and you just want to kind of dance to yourself. So Really interesting that they brought up a song that I think Brooke first played this in the early 2010s. I think some of the first recordings on Archive are from 2011 or 2012. For a while, it was being called The Answer. They've kind of slightly reworked it and more or less just polished it up. So it's a really cool Kind of homage to, I guess, some of their their earlier small shows, and they used to actually play something like this, and you could hear Brooke sing this in a crowd full of 5, 10, 20. Small crowds, to say the least, compared to these days.
2: I need to go back and listen, because I can't really imagine it without the horns. I really like, in the second half of the song, Norb goes off. And then, like, when he kind of, like, tapers down, is that the right term? Mahali, like, picks up right after, and it's so fun.
1: (laughs) It's a nice little, like, torch-handing, relay race kind of thing
2: yeah <laughs> final lap
1: let's go there we go exactly we're almost there guys at the end of the album I'm-, <laughs> I'm gonna play mario kart
2: after we hang
1: out just some advice to our listeners everyone should stop what they're doing right now and go play at least one round of mario kart yeah and i have to say before we move on to slip in in the middle of inside there's this kind of break when they go into like the solo section at the end and everything speeds up it reminded me a lot of fool in the rain which you know Total covered recently but that part of the second half of fool in the rain when they kind of you know blow into the whistle all of a sudden everything ramps up and leads up and gets going it kind of has that exact same vibe to me so
0: i know exactly what you're talking about i love it because it just like breaks up the song into like two parts and like i said i listen to this in the morning and i feel like the first half of the song i'm waking up and then the second half of the song i'm like okay and then
2: I'm like, yeah it does it does pick up the pace for sure
1: and speaking of picking up the pace we have our resident dance number of the album.
0: Can I just say, right before we started recording this, I was listening to "Slipping in the Kitchen, and I shit you not, a knife slipped out of my hand while I was cutting up some mozzarella cheese, and I was like, ah, here I am.
1: That's not the fun kind of slipping in the Kitchen. I don't think that's the kind the band is condoning, so... Yeah, I really like what they did with Slipping in the Kitchen on here. I've heard some people say some more negative things about it, but I will myself, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially the second half when the instrumental section came in. I was not expecting that. And to be honest, some of those sounds, I couldn't tell who they were. And that is something, a problem I really like to have.
2: When I think of this song, I think about like waking up, smoking a fat joint, and like going into the kitchen and having a dank breakfast.
0: <laughs> I remember when they played it at the cap, like I went on iTotal the next day and there was like no mention of it in the original post. And I honestly thought I had a fever dream or something. And like, I was like, what is the kitchen song? Like, why is nobody talking about this? Like, I was extremely confused because someone had left it out of the set. Like, because people were probably confused as to what it was. But I genuinely thought I had dreamt the whole thing. I was like, that was real. Was that a cover? Like, I was extremely
1: confused.
2: I heard it for the first time at New Year's a few weeks after or whatever, months after that. And it changed my life. <laughs>
1: Yeah, when I first heard it at Friendsgiving, I had literally looked over the friends I was with at the time and I was like, guys, this is a total song about breakfast food. It's like, <laughs> I think I'm in heaven right now. Like, mind you, one of our Friendsgiving routines is hitting like a good Saturday at 2 p.m. before the show, hitting one of the diners nearby in Port Chester area. Being filled up with diner eggs and bacon and sausage and pancakes and then hearing that song while I'm trying to work it all off is just like the perfect combo, so. And then, like I said, that instrumental ending is just so interesting. And I think I think a lot of it was gub with some of his crazy like heavy effect processing pedals going on there, but it almost sounded a bit like Norb at times. And it also almost sounded a bit like Mahali's MIDI guitar he'd been using a bit during the past fall tour. I thought it was really cool.
2: I have to say I like this song better live but there are some really nice intricacies in the recording that I haven't heard live that I'm like excited to see if they bring that into their live shows. Oh oh my gosh I can't believe I haven't said this yet and the chorus and the background they're like ooh.
1: Yeah, and I think the vocals, the little vocal effects done throughout the whole album, I think, are awesome. The background vocals grinds. It's something we're not used to hearing from them, and it sounds good. Like, it sounds great.
0: Well, it gives it that polished sound.
1: Yeah, it sounds polished, but it also st- it sounds like them, too. You can tell it's their voices. It doesn't sound like they hired some random backup singers. Like, it is clearly them singing together, and I love it. I gotta say, Clint did a really amazing job producing this album, and I think he, he definitely wrote a very properly fine line between polished and raw, and I think he completely nailed it. I couldn't ask for a better sound out of Twiddle on their albums. Regardless of what you think about the songs themselves, I think the production level on this sounds really, really clean and really good to me. It sounds like Twiddle. Like, it sounds like I feel like they want to sound like. And then speaking of what they want to do mushrooms of the sea i don't think there could be a more norb song for him to make his twiddle singing on an album debut than it would be with mushrooms of the sea yeah
2: that's perfect
1: and i gotta say the line be my friend and not my anemone might be the best line of a song i've ever heard and it is probably the simplest, and it's so good
0: (laughs) it's so good well it's funny because i kept thinking like what is this about and then in the song it's like It's based, Norb is basically like, it doesn't matter what it's about, like rethink, recalibrate. doesn't really matter because mushrooms, (laughs) oysters are the mushrooms of the sea.
1: There's definitely more than a few nods to mushrooms. I'll leave it at that in this. But I think one of my favorite things in this is like when Norb says when you're having fun and in the background you hear Mahali yell, Gus. So if you listen to it all the way through, it's like when you're having fungus. It's They're they're definitely having some fun with Gus on this song. So we'll, we'll leave it at that.
2: When I first listened to it and heard that first line, be my friend and not an enemy, I literally heard be my friend and not my enemy. And I was like, that's so weird. Like, why? What does that have to do with anything? And then I'm like, once I read the lyrics and realized it was an enemy, I was like, oh, it makes sense. <laughs> it's all about the ocean. <laughs>
1: And then the end of that, how it kind of does this cool, almost Phrygian sounding, you know, very Eastern kind of melody for it for a little bit with the vocal melodies going over top and kind of like, you know, the vocal wailing, like all of a sudden being whisked away to a far off distant desert scape or something kind of just slowly fades out. And then right when we get into the end of this and we jump into every last leaf part to the end of the song, one of my secret favorite parts of this album is... Besides my affinity for twiddle, another big affinity I have in my life is birds. I grew up going to birding camps. Yes, I'm that type of nerd. (laughs) I I wear that proudly. But the loon call they lean into in the beginning of the song, and they have some bird samples during this, but one of them is a loon call. And if anyone who grew up in the Northeast And has spent evenings in the summers and fall and spring in the northern section of the northeast, especially Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. You've definitely heard some loon calls before. And if you don't know what they are, a lot of times they sound scary. Like you're you're, as a kid, you're like, is that a wolf or something? But no, it's just a bird.
0: It's haunting.
1: It's eerie. It is one of the most eerie bird sounds ever, but it's also beautiful. And I think it's a really cool way to end the album that kind of. They're fading out to this almost ambient landscape. And then you get a few of this kind of like rustle of leaves, sounds, and then the loon call. You know, the mist is slowly clearing away and you're finding yourself in the middle of this like beautiful picturesque open sky lake.
2: With a little bit of swamp gub in there, Jeremy.
1: Yeah, definitely a little bit of swamp gub. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that because it's very like orchestral stuff at, at the end. and But then they were also still leaning into kind of like the heavy twirl sound. So it's this really cool combination of, you know, very layered theatrical, like very climactic ending crescendo of the album, while at the same time Gov just leaning into that super heavy, deep bass, and it just sounds really cool together.
2: Yeah, honestly, I can't get enough of every last leaf part two. I just think it's so beautiful. I think it's such a perfect ending. I go back and forth on whether we really needed lyrics in this song or not. Alex has convinced me that they are appropriate. <laughs> But I just think the um composition of it is spectacular. And I'm really curious how they got all those other instrument sounds in there. Like is it Norb? Is it production? Is it like another instrument in there? It just sounds very, very, very full.
1: Yeah, it's very full and very layered. And I know Mahalia talked about kind of doing more piecework style of recording versus like live full band recordings. So it's very much more based on individual.
2: But like be- I feel like I hear like a violin in there.
1: Yeah, and that can also be put together to some post without a real violin these days. That being said, they did have orchestral sounds on "Plump," for example, with actual strings and actual choir. So they might have done some more of that side stuff here. And I do like I do like the lyrics at the end there, and something I've thought about, which I've never, I, for some reason, I haven't done yet. It's pretty easy to do. I've kind of wondered kind of the same way they're running through like the whole spectrum of human emotions. Someone openly admitted to them trying to lean into during this album. I also noticed that the end of the album kind of fades out in much the same way that the beginning of the album fades in. And I know there are some other albums that do this very successfully. The Wall by Pink Floyd being one of the more famous ones where kind of the beginning and end of the album go into each other. So you kind of have this infinite cyclical album. And I think on an album, that's kind of about, you know, the the flow and nature of life itself and the process of emotions that we all go through throughout the thing we call life. I think it's really cool to maybe have an album that's kind of cyclical in that nature, which is, as they say, every last leaf wants to fall into the ground. And then they kind of end that with even more, you know, one more life filled with a sound. So like they kind of it, it ends in this this line where it's like everything's gonna fall down but then it's gonna start back up again and i think it's kind of cool that the whole thing is just completely cyclical like that and then you know you want to start right back at the beginning when the album ends
2: oh and i did <laughs> i went right back to the beginning and listened again
0: <laughs> totally agree and i also think that like a big part of it you know like with inside being from at least 2011 it's really covering so much of what twiddle has done in the past like decade and it's just like all of picking up all these songs from all this long gone time as well. Like, I think it's a statement for the fans as much as it is for the band. It is such a special album that has so much meaning and intention behind it. It's hard to not love it simply from that perspective as well as musical.
1: Yeah, it really does feel like a turning point album for the band. At least it sounds like one. Um, And I know they've teased very, very mild teasing. I, I know better than to get any expectations of dates, but they have teased that they are already thinking about doing more studio work in the near future. Maybe I've already gotten at that. So I have a feeling we're going to be getting some even more new stuff on the horizon. And this is only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the sound they're kind of starting to delve into and some of the more studio explorations that they're enjoying. So curious to see what comes next and curious to be able to see what happens live to all these amazing songs. I like that
2: every song lets me look forward to what's gonna happen when they play it in a show and how there's gonna be so much evolution to this music. And this is just the beginning of it. And it's such a beautiful, solid foundation of what's to come.
1: So we'll see. Maybe during fall tour, maybe even during some of the shows coming up and around Labor Day, we'll be seeing some of these songs brought out. So there are definitely some hometown throwdowns coming up nearby. So y'all out east might be getting treated to some new new. I'll be jealous, but I'll be cheering on for you guys.
0: Well, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back with another episode in just a few weeks give us a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts to be notified of any new episodes we put out. We hope you all have a fantastic week. Smile proud and enjoy the scene.